0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Oh, you know what that music means. Monday Night Football. Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. That's where you can watch us now by simply opening up and clicking watch. It's just that simple. Monday Night Football Preview, brought to you by our friends at Progressive Insurance. It is the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints. You can't even mention a few moments ago, maybe looking for a new head coach at the end of the season because it has not gone particularly well for the Saints overall. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm more interested in the Baltimore Ravens here. We are going to see Roquan Smith tonight, correct? That is correct. They have put themselves in an interesting spot here because we were talking about earlier how the Buffalo Bills may be the most vulnerable of all the division leaders in the AFC. And you wouldn't think that that would be the case when you have the Cincinnati Bengals who played like they did yesterday and just bombed the Carolina Panthers. But the Bengals are 0-3 in the division. So they have a lot of work to do to try to win that division. Do you believe that the Ravens' second-half defensive problems, really fourth-quarter defensive problems, are 100% behind them at this point?
2: Well, I don't I don't know if I could say they're 100% behind them, but I do think the Ravens got a lot better on that side of the ball at the trade deadline. They added Roquan Smith to that defense. That's going to help – with the communication between the second and third level defenders in pass coverage. It's also going to help because he's one of the best run and hit linebackers in all of football. He was leading the NFL going into week nine in tackles, Carlin. You're talking about a 25-year-old all-pro middle linebacker. So, yeah, I think him and Patrick Queen, they're going to make a heck of a tandem on the inside of that Ravens defense. But, Carlin, we also got to consider that the Ravens are also going to get back edge rushers Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo. You know Ajabo, the rookie they used a second-round pick on, would have been a first-round pick had he not torn his Achilles in the pre-draft process. So I think those are only going to serve to help that front be able to apply pressure to opposing quarterbacks. You got Justin Houston, who's the leader in the clubhouse with sacks on that team, JPP, another veteran pass rusher. So I think when you put all of those ingredients together, that Ravens defense is poised to have a much better second half
1: than what they showed in the first half. See, this is what I I really want to see. They've done all these things. They have gotten that much better on paper. We have, and I know how you feel about the Bills, you certainly don't feel as strongly about them as maybe we did earlier in the year, at the beginning of the year, because of the, the run game on both sides of the ball. But... Can we truly put them in the same, the Ravens in the same category as Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC right now? I am not ready to do that. I need further. I can be ready to do that in a few weeks, but, Kentie, I need the further evidence on this defensive side. I need to know that they can put together three or four dominant defensive performances uh, out of a four or five game stretch where this, this kind of thing's not going to happen again. And if it's, if that stretch is coming, it you would think would be coming over the next five, six weeks, considering they've got Carolina, they've got Jacksonville. I mean, the Ravens' schedule is about as easy as it gets. They've got Denver at home, uh, Pittsburgh twice, Cleveland in there. Like, this, they really... I mean, if we're still considering the Atlanta Falcons semi-legitimate there's really only one team left that's any good and that's Cincinnati at the end of the year like if the Ravens are gonna be on that level we'll see them take advantage of it in the coming weeks here
2: well yeah we'll see it Um, I will say this about the defense Carlin we'll find out a little bit tonight what they're made of we know the Saints always play better at home than they do on the road Mm -hmm. and since Andy Dalton's taken over Carlin, they're averaging over 400 yards of offense, and their lowest offensive output in terms of points was last week with 24 when their defense shut out the Las Vegas Raiders. So this is a team that can move the ball, and they can score points. So we're going to find out how impactful the Roquan Smith addition is and just how much of an impact those new guys on that side of the ball can have for this Ravens defense moving forward. But the side of the ball that I'm most concerned with Baltimore is on the offense. I'm concerned about them not having Rashad Bateman. I'm concerned about the Mark Andrews injury and how long he's going to be out. That's Lamar Jackson's top two pass catchers. Can Devin DuVernay step up into that number one role? Can Isaiah likely give you productivity from the tight end spot like we saw in the second half of that Bucks game? Those are things that we have to watch. Deshaun Jackson has been activated. He's supposed to make his debut tonight. Boy. Can he be a deep play threat for this Baltimore Ravens offense? Can he open things up? So, I mean, those are the things that I want to see. We know the Ravens can run the football, but I want to see that offense and that passing attack in particular evolve from what we've seen in the first half of this season because I think there's a lot of room for improvement there. I trust that the defense will get
1: better. I don't know that the passing game is going to get better. That's one of the things I want to see. Do we know that the Ravens can run the football outside of the quarterback enough? Do we know that? Yeah, Gus the Bus can run the ball. Gus
2: G- can run Gus the ball. Gus can not run a, the ball, a, but is –
1: now that Gus is back, I, I feel good. Is Gus playing tonight? I need to double-check that. Yeah. Um, I, I know that, uh, listen, I like Kenyon Drake, but he's bounced around here a little bit lately. Uh, the thing I wonder about, I actually feel a little bit better about Isaiah, likely, although once teams kind of figure him out, how is he going to respond? That's what I would like to see. Mm-hmm. But can't he? I mean, if there's a spot where it makes the most sense and an opportunity to go win and an opportunity to play big in big-time games the rest of the year and make a difference for a team, this is it for Odell Beckham. The Ravens are a, a, couldn't be a better spot for Odell Beckham. And if I were the no, Ravens, I'd be in on that.
2: Yeah, I think the Ravens should be interested. I don't know how interested Odell is in going to Baltimore, but especially with the Dallas Cowboys sniffing around. So we'll see how that situation unfolds but yeah i don't know that the ravens have enough weapons on the edges and so when we start comparing them to teams like kansas city and buffalo i i don't know if they're necessarily there um i think they're in that next tier in the conference but lamar jackson is special Carl, and and in a playoff game we know that anything can happen lamar jackson has already won in the postseason so i i just think it it just depends on the matchup um So we'll have to wait and see. But I think the Ravens are banking on that defense, taking a huge leap now that they've gotten Roquan Smith. And it's clear that they expect that because they gave up a second-round pick in order to get him.
1: But if Odell – do you think Odell would rather play – and I I get it, it's the star, it's the Cowboys, all of that. Yes. Do you think Odell would rather play with Lamar or Dak Prescott?
2: Well, I mean, here's the thing, Carlin. What is Odell after? He's trying to position himself for – you know, a huge contract in the 2023 offseason, where's a place you can go where you know you're going to be in the playoffs, you're going to get a lot of targets, and you have a chance at making a championship run? I can make
1: an argument you better got a better shot in Dallas than you do in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm high on the Cowboys right now, which is, trust me, it takes a lot for me to get there. If I was Odell, well, I'd Garland, rather be playing with Garland, Lamar Who's Jackson. the
2: second-best team in, in the NFC?
1: Yeah, I would I would say the Cowboys probably Okay, are right who's the now, second but, best team in the AFC? He, who who's who's the second best team in the AFC? Uh Kansas City. Okay, who's who okay, okay. I'm still saying Buffalo. Okay. Still so still saying Buffalo. Okay, so the uh, I, it Ravens Josh Allen.
2: Where are the Ravens at in the AFC? Third. Okay, you got you got them third. Okay. So you got a better chance in the NFC then,
1: according to you. <laughs> Well, yes, I have a better chance, but that's only because the NFC isn't very good, and I don't, I don't know how good the Cowboys are yet. That's that's my whole point. I I think I'd rather be on the team. And, and look, my answer on the Bills could change tomorrow depending on what happens with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Could change tomorrow. They could be the second best team uh, in the, in the NFC, and they could be the best team in a couple of weeks. I I, I think it's a fascinating choice that he's going to have to make. I really do. Yeah, there are a
2: lot of teams that are going to need him, um, and the Ravens would be on that list. But let's see what the Ravens have tonight, man. Let's see what Deshaun Jackson and Isaiah likely can do, and we'll have to see if Gus Edwards plays. We'll have to see what Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill do if he doesn't. And let's see uh, what Roquan Smith makes that defense. I think all of those things are fascinating coming into Monday Night Football because, again, I think this is a real good test for that Baltimore
1: Ravens defense going up against this Saints offense. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This Monday Night Football preview was brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Speaking of Josh Allen, they've got a major concern the Bills do on their hands with their quarterback. We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
3: feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business let constant contact do the heavy lifting for you So, get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Will we be using the money gun tomorrow?
2: Mm. Ooh. Little primetime parlay action, Carlin. It is Monday Night Football. And we are just. It is just, Monday night.
1: Yes, it is. And we are yeah. just 28 minutes away. From that. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, in case you missed the news just a little while ago, Chris Mortensen reporting, Josh Allen being evaluated for an elbow injury to his ulnar collateral ligament and related nerves. Sean McDermott said earlier that they hope to have more info Uh, tomorrow. Now, there was a report earlier today that he would be uh, from NFL Network that he would be somewhat limited in practice this week. Let us hear from Sean McDermott and find out exactly what he did have to say uh, about that report. This was prior to Mort's report on Josh Allen.
2: Uh, Yeah, I appreciate Adam. Uh, Yeah, that it's no, there's I know that that reports out there uh, we're just taking it one day at a time right now. And, uh, again, I want to see how we are tomorrow and, and, and what the doctors report tomorrow and, and the
1: evaluation on that. So there you go. So we will wait and see exactly how that plays out. Problem is, you hear UCL. You remember that he had a UCL problem in 2018 when he missed four games, can't he? But mm-hmm. the first thing that you comes to mind when you're a sports fan is obviously Tommy John. So, you hope, uh, for the Bills' sake, that that is not what we are talking about. No, you hope it's not. And, Carlin, what
2: seems ominous in the report is the related nerves part of it. Yeah. Because we know that that's an issue that a lot of pitchers have. It's an issue that Ben Roethlisberger had when he was dealing with UCL issues uh, prior to his last season in Pittsburgh. And so, it doesn't necessarily evoke a lot of confidence or optimism about what's happening with Josh Allen in the prospects of the Buffalo Bills in terms of them being a true championship contender. And Carlin, don't look now, but they're playing in the toughest division in all of football. I mean, through week nine, That's every amazing. single team is over five hundred. And it feels like all of the teams, what are they, within two and a half games of each other? Yeah. The Patriots are at five and four and the Bills at six and two. So I mean this is this is gonna be tough for the Bills down the stretch if Josh Allen is compromised because We know how important he is to that team. Now, it's one of those things that goes without saying because we're talking about the quarterback. But just in terms of how they use Josh Allen, not only is he the head of the passing game, but he's their best runner too, Carlin. In gotta-have-it situations, Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott, they're dialing up design runs for the quarterback. He is their running game, he is their passing game, and he is their best defense because – their offense lights up the scoreboard and makes opposing offenses one-dimensional. So, if Josh Allen is compromised health-wise, I think it's going to make it exponentially harder for not only the Bills to stay in in, in, in uh, championship contention, but to stay in the pole position in the AFC East. Well,
1: look, I, it, listen, I am uh, until I know what's going on there. I'm still bullish on them, but. Are you bullish on them playing against the Minnesota Vikings this Sunday? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yes. But I'll just say this. There's no getting around the problems that they have. I get it. And and I don't think that the run defense, even though it was, you know, they gave up 200 yards a couple weeks ago. They weren't very good yesterday. I don't think that it's a long-term problem for them. I'm not convinced of that yet. But – (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I know you're chuckling about this. I, I don't I know. Think, I don't know what you need to see in order for it to be I a problem. I just don't think they have played particularly well at spot, because in other spots they have played well. And I'm not talking about the 38-3 win over the Steelers where they're not running the ball. I, you know, they, they, the Dolphins didn't run for anything either. Um, the, you know, the Ravens – listen, we can talk about the Ravens rushing for all those yards. We know where all the Ravens rushing yards come from, and it's a little bit skewed when we're talking about that because nobody stops Lamar Jackson from at least having 60 or 70 yards rushing. So this is my point. If this is what we're dealing with – if the Bills are obviously not winning the division if Josh Allen is hurt. And mm. the, I could go as far as to say – if you're trusting Case Keenum, the Bills making the playoffs might be a push. It might be, a, it might be pushing it. Hmm. You know, I know they have a pretty good team, but I will not ever deny the fact, especially that they haven't been able to run the football elsewhere. Uh, otherwise, that, that can't he, I mean, you can't do anything without the guy. They rely on him so much that they'd be dead in the water. Yeah, they'll be a playoff
2: team, though, Colin. Just looking at their schedule, I know they got Minnesota on deck, but they played against the Cleveland Browns at home. They've got the Lions, and they've got the Bears on down the line. Not to mention two games against the Pats. So, I, I they will be a playoff team, but it's not just about being a playoff team. No, this it's is not, about this not team taking the next step. Like they lost to Kansas City in the divisional round last year, and they should have won that game because they were up with 13 seconds to go. They they lost in the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs two years ago. Uh, So it's just one of those things where now we're looking at them to be that team that takes that next step and gets to the Super Bowl because you have an uber-talented quarterback. But because they're so reliant on Josh Allen to do so much, I think it's ultimately going to affect their chances if he's compromised in a significant way health-wise. So, um, yeah, this is is a tough spot for the Bills to be in, and I think it gets exponentially harder for them if the road to the Super Bowl through the AFC does not go through Orchard Park. I think that's the thing that we have to keep in mind because the Kansas City Chiefs keep stacking wins. And they might not be pretty, but they keep winning football games. I get that the Bills own the head-to-head tiebreaker, but let's keep in mind, the Bills did go out to Arrowhead last year and beat the Chiefs in the regular season. Yep, but But that didn't matter once they got to the playoffs and that playoff game was in Arrowhead Stadium. It was.
1: It was an Arrowhead stadium. I'll tell you one thing, though. If you think about it from a Dolphins perspective, like even if they don't have Allen for, for two or three games, there's your opening. Yep. Right? There's your opening. Because, Chris, let's be real. We both believe this. There is no shot of the Miami Dolphins winning a playoff game in Orchard Park. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. That's Do you agree? No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. They need to win that division to make sure that they are at least in a position to be playing a game against Buffalo
2: at home. But, man, are there some winnable games down the stretch for the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. They got the the Browns at home, a bye week. The Texans off of the bye week. They got a stretch of games where they're on the road against the 49ers, the Chargers, and the Bills. But, I I mean, the Green Bay Packers, you know, you got the Jets – I mean, you got the Patriots on the road and then the Jets at home to finish the regular season. They got some winnable games down the stretch, Carl, and you're right. I, I think that this is this is that part of the schedule if you're the Dolphins that a little bit of luck might go your way in terms of you being able to win the division. This is the break that you needed, no pun intended, with Josh Allen potentially being banged up a little bit where you can, you know, you can start stacking some wins and gain
1: some ground in the standings. By the way as we talk about the bills at one point last week they were 13 point favorite at the jets and lost outright i would like to point out and i'm saying we because it's collective we we did our job this weekend for the most part we went 2-0 and 1 we you know we had the guts to go and take the bills in the points or and the, the jets in the points rather and we had the guts to go take the bears in the points and we are 2-0 and 1 Canty, the climb begins. The climb begins. Here we go. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. So will that Bill's loss make Canty's bottom five? I know I got one or two things that I'm counting on being in there, and we will see if they are in just moments after I tell you about our friends at Bosley. Now, look. If you're suffering from hair loss or you're worried about your hair, you got to check out Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts. Guys, this is the most important sentence I can say to you. The sooner you take action, the more options you're going to have for keeping and restoring your hair. It's too late for me. It's too late for me. Bosley has both surgical and non-surgical solutions to help you keep the hair that you have and grow thicker, fuller hair where you need it most. Right now, Bosley is giving away a free information kit and a $250 gift card toward a procedure. Just text Carlin to 203-203. You don't want to wait when it comes to hair loss. Just get the information. Learn what you can be doing right now to keep or grow your hair. People trust Bosley. They are truly the leaders in hair restoration. They have the most experience restoring hair and experience matter. So what are you waiting for? Get your free Bosley info kit and a $250 off gift card when you text Carlin to 203203. I wish this was an option for me when I still had options, but it wasn't. Again, text Carlin to 203203 and get your hair back with Bosley.
3: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try JETS Signature 8 Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8Save. That's the number 8 SAVE. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: Did you miss Candy and Carlin?
1: At this time every week, we deliver the bottom five on Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Oh, you're smart speakers, too, by the way. Uh, And I gave you the top five things that we saw yesterday earlier in the show. Right Mm -hmm. now, it is time for Chris Canty to tell you the bottom five things he saw in the NFL yesterday.
0: Here's Canty with the bottom five.
2: All right, Carlin. It's only appropriate that I start the bottom five with this one. So let's kick it off with the sounder. We all know how I feel about kickers, right? They're not football (laughs) players. They're barely even people. Well, last night, the kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs, Harrison Bucker, forced his teammates to play nine minutes of extra football because that game went into overtime, and Harrison Bucker could have made sure that the game didn't go into overtime. What do I mean by that? Well, on the first touchdown that the Chiefs scored past Miko Hartman, he decides he's going to miss the extra point. And Carlin, on the second possession in the second half, he decides he's going to miss a 47-yard field goal, which by modern-day kicker standards is a chip shot. So Harrison Bucker, you are one of the worst things I saw in Week 9 of the National Football League. You're getting the hee-haw. You are fifth on the bottom five.
0: Number four.
2: The Carolina Panthers defense, Carlin, when you let a guy score not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns in one half of football on the (laughs) way to a guy having a five-touchdown performance and setting the franchise record for most touchdowns in a single game, that's a problem. You would just seem to think Steve Wilkes, who's a defensive-minded head coach, even though he's the interim guy at Carolina, would say, you know what, we're not going to let number 28 score. I don't care who else scores for the Bengals. We're just not going to let that guy score. I I just don't understand at what point do you actually start paying attention to where number 28 is lined up and start trying to lock him down. Is it after the third touchdown? Is it after the fourth touchdown? Well, apparently for the Panthers, it was after the fifth fifth touchdown. Only thing is the game was over by then. Yeah, that's a problem.
1: And how can something be on a list that it didn't exist?
2: Because there was no defense.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, number
2: three.
0: Number three.
2: All right, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Their god-awful oh. defense. I mean, Carlin, that's their third 17-point lead or bigger that was blown this season. As I mentioned before, they played eight games. They're tied with an NFL single-season record for most blown leads of that size, and they've only played half their schedule. It's a dumpster fire in Vegas. I don't think I need to say any more than that. It's getting old for the players. It's getting old for the fans. You're just wondering, when will Oldership do something about it?
0: Next number two.
2: We got to go down to the ATL because, Colin, I usually oh. don't like throwing D-linemen under the bus, but I got to do it in this situation. Tyquan Graham, come on down. Less than a minute to go. Austin Eckler, Chargers, got the ball in plus territory. Eckler fumbles the ball. It's scooped up by, you guessed it, Tyquan Graham and returned to the Atlanta Falcons 36-yard line, Carlin, That's a tie game at this point. They've got it within field goal range where he returned the ball to. Only problem is he fumbled the fumble recovery. And in doing so, fumbled the game away because the kicker ends up drilling the game winner. It should have been for the Falcons, ends up being for the Chargers. A rookie kicker they signed off the street a couple of weeks ago, he ends up being the hero, but the goat of his all, and not in a good way, is Taquan Graham. Next. Number one. You know this is only reserved for the best of the best, Carlin. Aaron <laughs> Bleepin' Rogers. Let's go. Anytime you throw three red zone picks and two of those actually in the end zone, you're going to make this list. But Aaron Rodgers is number one with the bullet because he did it against the Detroit Lions defense. Yes, the worst defense in the National Football League with points and yards end up forcing the back-to-back MVP coming into this year into three red zone turnovers. It's a damn shame what happened to that dog, that dog being the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Terrible. That is the list, Carlin. How do you feel about it? Any
1: omissions that are glaring to you? Anything with the Uh, rankings? Nothing with the rankings. I wanted, I I needed, I desperately had to have the Raiders on that list. And I'm glad that we did. Uh, I would say that you could slide the Colts in there yesterday because that was just a non-existent performance. I mean, that was an unwatchable game. But Sam
2: Ellinger is their quarterback, though, right? I know. Sam Ellinger is their quarterback. It's
1: like I I get that you almost by default can't put them on the list just out of sympathy for the situation. Yeah, it's
2: like walking
1: into a classroom
2: now of kindergartners and bragging because I'm the tallest person. Like, (laughs)
1: like,
2: like, it's obvious. You know, it's
1: obvious what's going to happen. The only other two I would have had was the Cardinals, but I could live without that being on the list. Uh, The Rams at the end of the game, the way they handled it was pretty bad. That was pretty bad on offense and on defense. But do you blame Cooper cup for sliding or do you blame McVay with the play calling? I I blame more McVay with the play calling because they can't run the ball to begin with. So go with your shorter passing game and count on that as your run game in that spot. Okay. Uh, i i otherwise but i i have i feel like the list is very solid especially taekwon uh, Taquan graham uh, that was just oh. i couldn't believe it
2: you would have worn my heart if you would have said, especially with the kicker from the Chiefs, Harrison
1: Bucker. Oh, well, yeah. I, I expected that. I knew that oh, would okay. be on the list. <laughs> you knew that? So, of all I, the things, Canty, you knew that would be there. Canty, I knew when he missed the the extra point early in the game yesterday when I was watching, he would be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Oh, yes, in just moments, what do we do? What do we do, Canty? What do we do? We make people money, Carlin. That's what we do. Primetime Parlay coming up. but apparently, waiting till you hear this breaking news that we just got a few minutes ago, it, it's so new, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what I'm teasing. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: You should be only be listening at this point if you're interested in making money. Canty and Carlin presented by progressive insurance 888 say espn 888-729-3776 the dr pepper call in line we are on espn radio and the espn app let's not waste any time let's get right to it the play of the night
0: time to earn some cash
3: the taste of money the smell of wealth
0: it's carlin's best play of the night
3: the taste of money
0: Ah, yes, another collective effort.
3: Parlay.
1: That's right. It is a primetime parlay. It is yet another collective effort between myself and Mr. Canty. Although most of these really have been him. Let's uh, get right into it. It, of course, involves Monday Night Football. That's right. Here, here is the play. Baltimore Ravens, minus one and a half. Baltimore Ravens, minus one and a half. Isaiah Likely, tight end for the Ravens, over three-and-a-half receptions. So that's Isaiah Likely to have four catches or more. And for the New Orleans Saints, Chris Olave, who many believe could be Offensive Rookie of the Year, over five-and-a-half receptions. Jarvis Landry is inactive tonight, by the way. hmm so that is Chris Olave over five and a half. So once again, it is Baltimore minus one and a half, Olave minus or over five and a half, and Isaiah Likely over three and a half. That is paying out at plus five ten. Yeah, plus five, five and a half ten. catches for Olave, three and a half catches for Likely. Yes, bingo,
0: bingo, like
1: bingo, bingo, bingo. That is your play of the night.
0: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out.
1: Canty, bizarre Saturday in college football. Alabama, Clemson, both lost on the same day for the first time in the college football era. Clemson was number four in the college football uh, playoff rankings last week and they got their doors blown off by Notre Dame. Here's Paul Feinbaum on get up this morning who thinks that maybe just maybe Nick Saban has won his last national championship.
3: He's out, uh, for the most part of this year, there's an 11% chance or a 17% chance. In other words, there's no chance of Alabama getting back in. And what does that mean? Greeny? That means this will be the, at of the last five seasons, Nick Saban has one title, that's, that's a career for most people. For Nick Saban, it feels like that window is closing tightly now. It, it, maybe there's a crack in this dynasty, but you can't claim a dynasty when you, when you have one title in the last five years.
1: Well, the other point is that with NIL, Alabama has money, don't get me wrong. They don't have Texas oil money, and there are no. a lot of schools in Texas and Oklahoma they are going to have a lot to say about it.
2: Oh, there's no question about it, Carlin, but I think the other thing that's changing is the coaching landscape in the SEC, Carlin. You're seeing the emergence of Josh Heupel. Brian Kelly is now part of the conference in the same division as Nick Saban. Brian Kelly's a damn good coach. Everywhere that guy has went, he's won. Now, the only reason he wasn't mentioned with some of the better coaches in the college football landscape is because he didn't get the kind of talent at Notre Dame that he has available to him at LSU. So I think that's going to change life for Nick Saban. Kirby's smartest former assistant doing what he's doing at Georgia. All of a sudden now, there's a lot more competition in the SEC, and it's not going to let up. This is not going to relent, Carlin. So, yeah, I'm with Feinbaum. Not only is he not going to win a championship
1: this year, but he's probably done winning championships at Alabama. See, I don't know that he is. I'm not going to go that far yet because knowing Nick Saban, he was keeping going anyway – and now he's got this little extra thing to drive him. He'll complain about it, and he'll get it fixed. They'll figure out a way to get some money, to get some more money for NIL. I, I'm not going to say yet that he is done winning. Well, Carlin,
2: let me also say this. Life is going to get harder for Nick Saban, too, when mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma join the conference as well. Yes, it is. I don't is. know if you're paying attention to what's going on in Texas, the recruit mm-hmm. that they got this year. I mean, another another Manning, Arch Manning. I'm just I saying. Mean, and
1: they already have Quentin Ewers. I'm just saying, saying, life ain't going to get easier for Nick Saban. (laughs) Giant safety Xavier McKinney announced today that uh, during the bye week, he suffered a hand injury in an ATV accident that is going to keep him out for a few weeks. He's on the non-football injury list, so he's got to miss the next four games in the latest edition of Don't Be a Dumbass.
2: Yeah, I don't understand this one, man. I, I, I get enjoying your bye week. But the ATV during the season, man, haven't we seen enough with athletes dealing with that, Carlin? Once upon a time, NBA star Rodney Rogers, ATV accident. Ben Roethlisberger, motorcycle accident. Our very own Jay Williams, motorcycle. I mean, haven't we seen enough of that where you realize this is something that could be detrimental to your career? Like, let's chill out on that front. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's the, that's the thing about this. Now, thankfully, he'll be back this year. And, and it feels like the Giants might have dodged bullet, but he's such an important player to their team. You can't just hate me. that he put himself and his team in this position.
1: You can't get me on an ATV now, and I don't play football. There's no chance. There's absolutely no chance. And finally, Canty, some breaking news in the last hour. Angels GM Perry Manazian told reporters that Shohei Otani will open next year in Anaheim. He is not getting traded This offseason, that from Sarah Valenzuela of the L.A. Times, they are not considering trading Otani this offseason.
2: That ain't news to me, Carlin. I mean, ain't they trying to sell the team? Isn't Artie Moreno trying to sell the team? Yep. Why would you move on from the biggest asset that the franchise has before you sell the team?
1: That just doesn't make any sense. Because if you're the new owner, are you the guy that wants to then turn around and trade Otani if he wants out? And that's the first thing you do? You're going to get hammered for that.
2: Well, I don't. Ha- well, here's the thing: I don't have to pay Otani this year. They already settled that in arbitration with the record deal for arbitration. So now it's just a matter of can I win
1: paying him the kind of contract that he's going to want. Oh, absolutely. I- I'm just saying if he wants to go out, you don't want to try to buy the team, and then the first thing you do is trade him during the season that's coming.
0: Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.